Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Premier League soccer season is heating up. Turn to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network for the best bets and analysis for this week's features. Subscribe to Betting Weekly Premier League today wherever you get your podcast. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Danko Jones, and you're listening to Cobras and Fire. Rock is not dead. I thought he would never let me down. I thought he would never let me down. So I raised my arms and fell so to the I ground. Raised my arms and fell to the ground. When I believed, when I, when I believed in God. I'll admit it, I've done a few things that Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the intrusively meddling and curious 
Loose Cannon. Loose, how are you tonight? I am well, thank you for asking. I do have to say that you forgot prying and snoopy from your list of adjectives. Prying and snoopy, Loose Cannon. Perfect. Thank you for introducing me properly. You're welcome. Yes, and how are you? What are, why are we here today? Uh, two words, baby. Danko Jones, baby! Correct! Audience, those that have not heard us from the beginning, this has come full circle for Cobras and Fire. Pretty much. How is time that? To, time to, explain, time to explain finish more. it. Uh, first of all, do not go back and listen to the first episode. <laughs> What's that episode called? It's called the uh, the greatness of Danko Jones. Correct? Yes, it was the second episode, right after we. Uh, I finally stopped, uh, <laughs> kind of blundering through Talking during this by myself. <laughs> Talking to myself like an insane person. Yeah, that's hard to do. And again, I've said this before, but I respect anybody that can pull off the solo podcast. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. But continue, please. Well, you tell me why. Why was the first episode about Danko Jones? Well, basically, I had stalked Baco from afar on the <laughs> Decibel Geek website. I'd, re- I'd, I'd read several of his articles, and I, I liked his literary style, where he always uh, threw boner into his reviews. And I thought this guy has a very similar idiotic sense of humor. But more importantly, his love for Danko Jones and his last album, Fire Music, finally decided me to take the take the plunge and re- reach out in a heterosexual way online to another man. <laughs> and and, uh, and that basically was the start of the podcast. We busted out a Danko Jones episode and a Kiss episode um, in one night after mm-hmm. knowing each other for like 30 seconds before we started recording. And now we have done what? Uh, well, this is going to be episode 68, I believe. 68, and we've interviewed the man that started basically brought us together in the first place. Isn't that a beautiful story? Oh, it is! It it really is amazing. This <laughs> is a like, wait, big. I'm, so, I'm, I'm tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god, it's been such a journey. We worked so hard for this, Luth. <laughs> anyway, mean, what, what? Did you but, have any idea when we started that this would be <laughs> happening right now? All right, Bucko. So let's let's move on from this cry fest, joy fest, and uh, no. I want to cry. <laughs> All right. Well, you can. But tear, <laughs> tears of joy. But anyway, so what, yeah, why don't, yeah, you, t- why don't you tell the world how you kind of put this together, how this interview came to be? Well, he's got the new record coming out, Wildcat. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, we pretty much started the episode, this whole journey of Cobras and Fire on based on our shared, you know, Rock boners for De- uh, Danko Jones. I figured I might as well ask this guy if he can join the hook us up with the Danko podcast interview. And sure enough, he did. Yes. And you got that scheduled. You gave me a call <laughs> when we were going over the Cobras and Fire, you know, weekly meeting when we. Yeah, we, we, we had actually got- talked earlier in the day and it was not on the agenda. And then I called no. you uh, later at night and uh, which is not that's not common. Correct. No, not really. Um, but but anyway, I mean, it was not on the agenda. The agenda we never follow and we fight about and, <laughs> and almost uh, cease the podcast from existing. Yes, I answered and you said, said, hey, I got an interview with Danko Jones. It's scheduled for 9 a.m. on Friday. At the, <laughs> and at the, I can't do it. Ro- How about you? Yeah, and I, 
and I can't do it. So here you go, bitch. Uh, can you figure <laughs> it out? And from that point uh, forward, we kind of went back and forth with questions. And we obviously we always want to do interviews together and something mm-hmm. like that just all work out. But we uh, we we do the interviews that get thrown at us that we're interested in. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah sometimes we don't too- you just can't really line it all up, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, when we did Bruce Kulick, mm-hmm. uh, you had questions you threw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you done Boba Flex. Oh, we always thrown. do that. Yeah, we, yeah, Wilson and stuff like that. So even though we're not together on the interview, we, we definitely uh, contribute towards it. But um, but yeah, so going forward, I mean, 2017, we definitely want to um, do more interviews. And mm-hmm. but this one was, it was. Uh, I don't think you've been in this situation with the other ones too. The other ones with like Boba Flex, Wilson, Bruce Kulick for me. You didn't have a very limited time frame, right? It wasn't just like 20 minutes. Well, I know the first had... Bulbaflex one was pretty limited, but no, for the most part, you're right. I mean, it's, I mean, the ones I do at Northern Invasion that I've never put on the, the podcast, maybe this year, but um, they are, they're all like four or five minutes. So I, I'm familiar with the scenario, but it, it's difficult. Right, right. So, yeah, I've done interviews, you know, over the years and everything, mm-hmm. but I've never had the uh, – essentially what, what what Danko's done is in the last month he, he mentioned he did 75 interviews <laughs> um, total, and it's essentially a press junkie. And almost none with, with American press. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I – so for this for this uh, interview, he had already done like all week – had the schedule, I think, for 10 in a row a day. So he's doing them for five hours a day, half hour to clip, you know, exactly at 11. He, he called me at exactly at 9 a.m. And it was done done exactly by, I think we went over a little bit. Yeah, you know, a little bit, yeah. yeah. So I think he liked you. <laughs> exactly. Give me an extra five minutes. But it was, you know, he's restricted, you know. So it's it's not a very natural sit down and have a conversation. And, and but, <laughs> but... Baco and I had this intro question that, that we thought was 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 just genius. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, let the the genius meter slants a little more your way, but yeah, I liked it. You liked it. You agreed this was yeah, a good one. Yeah. And, 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 and part of it is the fact that if you don't know, if you go check out, if you're a Danko Jones fan at all, go check out the his podcast because he has he does interviews awesome. with Marty. Yeah, he does interviews with Marty Friedman, for example, of uh, formerly of, of Megadeth, where he's also guested on his album and things like that. But they'll basically I love sit the, down. The Friedman episode where all they talk about is Kiss. That's where I'm going. He actually has at least two, possibly three, and that's all they talk about. So he is into the minutia, <laughs> like we are. Oh yeah, just More all than that us, stuff. I think. Yes. So my point of knowing that is like, okay, this dude's going to completely understand this question I'm going to throw out. And the fact is, is that he'd he'd done seventy five interviews before. <laughs> he'd done he'd hear it. He's used to hearing the standard questions, and this flew way over his head, and, and it did not start the interview well. So we're gonna show we're gonna show you that <laughs> we're gonna, we believe we believe in transparency at the Cobras and Fire uh, headquarters. So we're gonna play this blooper at the end after the interview. But all I'm saying about this is the interview starts off. What we don't want to do at this podcast most of the time is do the standard questions like uh, basically no. tell me your favorite tracks, tell me about sure. the tour, things like that. And because this one's so – never been our cup of tea. 
No, but because this went so off the rails in the beginning, uh, we I went right on the standard interview questions, and then then it seemed once we were back on track, then the interview got really good past that. Wouldn't you agree? I think you're being a little too protective. Uh, I, yeah, you asked one kind of standard question, and the interview just kind of rolls from there. Uh, give yourself yeah. a little pat on the back, Luce. I I loved it. Uh, All right, fine. I, I thought it was so, great. So yeah, Baco. Enough about the. Uh, the pomp and circumstance. You want to get into the shit or what? Yeah, let's get to it, man. I want to rock. What about you? I want to rock. I want to now. I want to know. I got to rock. I need to roll. If you can't hang with the speed I go, I'm going to roll tonight. I want to now. I want to know. Hi, it's Danko Jones calling. Danko Jones, thanks for calling us and doing this interview. Really appreciate it. Cool. Danko Jones is to rock as heavy petting is to teenagers. Vastly unheralded in the U.S., Danko is a synonym for rock and roll. A man whose alarm clock rings for those about to rock by ACDC, whose bedtime story is the dirt by Motley Crue, and whose dreams are filled with flying Vs and Ace Frehley solos. People, we're talking 24-7 rock and roll. We are honored to have Danko as our special guest today. His new record, called Wildcat, comes out on March 3rd, and he's here to tell you all about it. How are you today, sir? Good. Doing well. So your latest uh, press release is spectacular. I mean, it just basically just talks all rock. The fact that you start off the, the album with two songs in rock in the title are, is a great start to the album. You want to kind of elaborate on, on the album? Oh, well, um, let's see. Uh, this is the eighth studio album. It's the first time we've actually done a record where at all the uh, all the all the markers were were were, uh, were kept. I mean, we have the same producer as fire music. yep. Uh, we have the same lineup, and uh, we did it in the same studios. From album to album, if you count Born Align as our first studio album, and every single successive record, there was always one of those elements that changed, if not more or all. So from Born a Lion to We Sweat Blood, we changed producers and the studio. And then from We Sweat Blood to Sleep is the Enemy, we changed the studio. And then from Sleep is the Enemy to... Um, I believe it was never too loud. We changed the lineup, the producer, the studio, and, and on and on it goes. So Fire Music to Wildcat was the first time that nothing was changed. We finally just settled on a really good combination that allowed us to um, put out a really good album. Like Fire Music was pretty much across the board received very well, and Wildcat is doing so as well, I, I'm noticing. Um and a lot of it has to do with us keeping what worked the first time around. Um, the lineup changes obviously were kind of 
you know, beyond our control to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, producer changes. I mean, Eric was a great, I mean, we've known Eric since 1999. So he, you know, has come into his own as his own, uh, as a kind of well-respected, well-renowned, well-sought-after, very sought-after producer. So we watched our careers, you know, run parallel, and uh, it was time to work together for Fire Music. And he likes to work out of certain studios. And for us, it was fine. I mean, going into Vespa Music for Fire Music wasn't a new thing for us. We had done that with him back in 1999, so we knew you know what that meant and then going into revolution studios to do drums for fire music was great too uh so we just we did the exact same thing we did for for uh wildcat the only thing that changed was you know we we have new labels involved but other than that you know pretty much the band is on a a really good track yeah same drummer same exact lineup which uh and you can definitely i can definitely tell the vibe is almost uh very similar, right, for both, as far as the sound and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, you always want to better what you did previous. Yes. Um, but I'm a creature of habit, so when we figure out something that works, I always like to just continue that, whether it's my guitar sound uh, live or in the studio or anything. I, I just play the same guitar I always do. Um but of course, Eric, you know, felt he could, you know, change a few things that were improvements from the last record to this. Very slight, something that I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to clue in on on just cursory listens. So, um, but nothing that changed the equation. Um, so we all just really just knowing that we would have Eric as producer in the studios that we were familiar with. We didn't worry too much and just worked on some songs that we thought were good. We've gotten a little better at, you know, writing songs over the years, and we kind of know what kind of band we are now. Uh, you know, there's just no pressure, and there's no pressure to follow up anything. Nothing went platinum. We don't have to live up to any certain, you know, amount of success. We're just kind of putting out a record. So that allows for um, a certain amount of pressure to be taken off and um you could just have fun and and i think the result is just those songs the songs on wildcat and fire music to a certain degree although it was a little angrier uh wildcat just we just wanted to have fun with these songs no absolutely the first five out the gate i love <clears throat> title track um it, it's been a great listen i've probably spent it about <clears throat> 10 times uh, with the advanced copy received so Cool. Yeah, and any of those you know specifically that are have you already added to the set list or planning on like a top three or two to start? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, as as uh, you know, a band puts out. You know, most bands don't get past the third album, uh, let alone their eighth. And then we've got three albums of just full compilations of B sides and all that. So there's eleven full albums of original material. It gets hard to separate, sure. you know, and decide what's going to make a set list every night. Um, so there's a certain amount of, you know, you have to please the audience with the songs they're most familiar with. You have to please yourself. You have to please the people who've, you know, maybe seen you more than three or four times with deeper cuts. So there's all these, you know, groups of people you have to please with a set list. It gets harder and harder. But with this new album, I mean, right now we're playing three songs. We can play the whole record, but... I don't think people would want that. So we're, we're, we're 
sticking right now with three may oh wait no four songs i'm sorry four songs and maybe we might throw in a fifth one or swap some out you know as the the tours or as the tour cycle goes on very cool what are those four by the way um well obviously the single my little r&r right um which is still rock that's still rock in the title you can't trick me Right. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> my little R&R is a play on the Rolling Stones uh, tattoo you uh, little TNA. So just using, you know, acronyms and letters. And, and so that's why we chose we went with R&R. Um, it wasn't to eschew like using the word rock <laughs> yet again. I hear you. you know, for a millionth time, uh, I could I could have every song on the album have the word rock in it i don't mind um people seem to be puzzled by that but not me um so so uh that's in the set uh going out tonight is a song that we've played on the last few kind of shows we've done we haven't played a lot since we've been in the studio and it's been six months we've done a handful of shows but in those shows we've played going out tonight my little r&r um just last week, we did a couple of shows in Finland, and we threw in You Are My Woman in the set. Perfect. And we've been playing uh, I Gotta Rock in rehearsals. So we played we played Wildcat, and we've played uh, Let's Start Dancing in rehearsals as well. Um, so we could do those, too. Uh, but we'll see. Those are the ones I immediately thought would be perfect in the, in the set list. And a little, little thin Lizzie on, on uh, You're My Woman, yeah? A little. It was more like a lot. I mean, <laughs> I know. you know, when you when you come up with a riff like that, which was, sure. I think, the first riff that, that anchored the song and, and we kept at it was... Um, well, actually, actually, the verse and the chorus riffs kind of came in tandem. Once you have those kinds of riffs, you you make a creative decision whether you should kind of mask it, you know, like with the melody, or maybe the, you know, the chorus would would have a different kind of chorus, or you know, you don't want it to sound too thin, Lizzie. Or you can take the other direction, which is a celebration of those riffs you know, and make it sound like Thin Lizzy, like reference the source, um, pay tribute to the source and don't shy away from it. So that's what we did. I mean, we've been compared to Thin Lizzy since year two of our band. 
I don't know why. I don't think we've ever sounded like Thin Lizzy. Um, but it doesn't mean we're, we aren't huge, huge fans. So when those riffs, you know, made themselves, when they showed themselves to us, we just said, let's finally show everybody how to do this. So sure. that's what we did. No, absolutely. So, you know, I know that you just announced either last night or this morning your your European tour, which is going all the way till August, I believe. Is that is that accurate? Oh, well, I mean, there's a European tour that was just I just posted something. Right. Well, our webmaster just posted something on our Facebook page, and I kind of just copied and pasted what he posted on Instagram, which is just uh, a reminder of the upcoming European tour. It starts mid-March and ends around, oh, it ends March 31st. Uh, So that's kind of the first leg of the European tour. We'll obviously do all the rest of the countries and the cities in Europe in the fall. And there's always going to be the three months of summer festivals and already, you know, places in Austria, uh, Germany, um, uh, Finland are already booked. We're playing in Belgium at Grass Pop. And so those festivals are already booked. So we are going to be doing European festivals this summer. Yeah. And when I see that announcement, it's both a geography lesson for those in the U.S., but it's also, you know, it's great to see that, but also, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years since you've been back in the U.S. And, and I know there's, you just recently did a pod, your recent podcast was kind of the state of just pure rock bands like Wildlife, Biters, you know, um, things like that. What is, what do you think about the, I guess my question is from, from being in Canada, what is the main challenge to, to doing another U.S. tour? Cause it's been a, a little bit conversation. The, chal- the challenge is money. Um, <laughs> right. America is a very big country and in order to, tackle it properly you you need money tour tour support and that doesn't come easily these days due to the state of the music industry um we've done all kinds of tours in america for years actually since year one of our band we only wanted to tour america we didn't want to tour canada but you know money is makes it hard for a band to tour it's it, america is is one country but really i i feel it's like 50 countries you know like each state is is a country unto itself and it's really hard for a band to to keep going and going and going and and um that's the biggest barrier really uh it has nothing else other than that it just boils down to money if if we were able to do it if everybody got behind it then it would be great, but you can't tour on a kind of a B level where we are or a C level. Uh, you can't tour America and expect to come out of it having your rent paid. You, you, you can't do that. If we could tour America constantly and, and tour, but that that means like me living in my mom's basement, and I, I it's it's really hard. It, it really boils down to that. Um, people ask us all the time, like, why aren't you coming to San Diego, and why aren't you coming back to Boston, and and why aren't you coming back to you know Austin? Well, we'd love to, and I'm not ruling it out. We would love to do that. Um, it's just we just have to make sure that the, it's a right tour. The last tour we did of America was the Uproar tour, and that was a touring festival type thing and under those conditions we 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 said yes because it, a lot of things were taken care of 
um, that we didn't have to worry about, including, you know, having an audience show up. You know, we were kind of um, uh, piggybacking off of other bands' audiences, you know, and, and that's how we did it in Europe. We would play with bands and their fans or their audience would see us, and then the next time we're around, they'd come to the gig or we'd play these big festivals and they wouldn't know who we are. But the next time we come to the city, uh, the club's rammed. So that's how we were able to do uproar. And we said yes to the Volbeat tour in 2013 as well. Same reason. Um, so I'm not ruling anything out. I mean, it's just, it's everything's kind of got, the stars kind of got to line up properly in order to do it. You know, we'd love to do it. Shit. I mean, it's the reason, like, I mean, American bands are, how many American bands can I name that are direct influences on our music? Right. And so essentially it comes down to the fact that these conglomerates doing the fests, for example, um, maybe are not as supportive for, you know, these, they seem to drop off big when you read about them for the compensation for the, but, but you play like in the higher tiers in Europe. It's just, it's just sad to see that there's not that support. Um, well, I, I, I hate to lay blame on the audience, but I've noticed that people will go where they're told to go. I mean, I notice in America, there's a lot of, uh, compartmentalization when it comes to music. If you like this kind of music, you can't like this kind of music. And to me, that's always been a really weird way to approach music. And when we finally started touring Europe, I really... It was like a breath of fresh air. And I don't leave Canada out of that kind of mindset. Same goes for Canada. If you play this kind of music, you can't you can't even like this kind of music. So it's more of a North American thing. Um, but in Europe, uh, n- not so much. I mean, of course, there is a little bit of that, but not so much. Uh, so it was really kind of refreshing to go over there and be embraced by people who like heavy metal, you know, uh, people who like even you know, other kinds of musics, but especially in North America, if you like heavy metal, you can't like rock and roll and vice versa. Or actually if it more just one way, I find like a lot of metalheads in North America, they won't deliberately like, like rock and roll. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing. Whereas you meet the rock, you meet the metal bands that all of them like, <laughs> and they love, everyone's blasting ACDC on the tour bus. So it's uh it's, 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 uh, man, I just wish people could think about music differently in North America. Now, and, and that's that's the whole thing with a Rise of Podcast too, and, and playing. You know, radio sucks. We have the, the like on Decibel Geek, we have a whole segment called Radio Sucks Radio, where we just play everything that that obviously the radio is not playing. And and you know, like like a like a Volbeat Danko Jones tour to 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 our audience, that's a perfect that's a perfect tour where it's just pure fun from start to finish and. That kind of leads me to my next question, which was the when I saw the Metallica, Avenged, and Volbeat return together, I was hoping, praying to see that 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 you would be on that on that list too. <laughs> just just because just because I, I don't know if that sounds insane, but I was like, well, Volbeat, you know, I believe Volbeat and Metallica are, are the same management. You obviously have that relationship with, yeah. with being on Black Rose, but my God, that would have been spectacular. I, I thought. No, well, I mean, listen, if we got the offer to do that tour. You better believe we're going to be. <laughs> I know, but so there was no. Uh, obviously, you have a friendship with Volbeat. There was no either. It sounded like there was never even a conversation on that. Oh God, no! I okay. mean that that kind of tour. There's 
there's about 10,000 bands who want to get on that tour. You know, it's not just us. Um, I just see like a a Gojira. I'm like, "Mm." okay, just just a personal opinion. I'm like that, but that goes to your whole thing about compartmentalizing. Like it could have been a rock band starting it off, like a big, you know, you guys are so fun live. I signed Rock on the Range in 2010 when you shared the the stage with (laughs) Steel Panther um, after you and, and, just, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't just share the stage. We shared a dressing room with them. <laughs> so you saw the wigs. Good. They're nice guys. They're, I know. They're, they're, they're nice guys. Um, well, here's the thing: is we toured with Volbeat in 2013 in America, and only half the time were we received very well. That's another thing. That's is a damn shame. I'm, I'm very. I'm very surprised, and it's not. It's not just us. I've talked to a lot of bands who, when they're the opener in America. They're a lot of times they're booed or heckled and it's, it's puzzling because, well, they're on the tour because the headliner, the band you're there to see wanted them on. So why don't you give them a chance? And maybe you'll like them too. If you like their band, seems like you guys have the similar taste in music. You like what they make and they like what they make, you know? So, um, not often was the case there's there's there were times on the tour where you know the audience gave us a chance and it was great um but there were times where we would just look at each other going i don't get it like we're not (laughs) we're we're not we don't sound like a pop band especially with volbeat like the 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 degrees away from each other are, are minuscule so um there's also that and that just brings me back to how people view music you know like it's 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 really really odd um and the same goes for other tours we've done in america where we've toured with more radio rock bands like like more radio friendly radio rock pop bands same response so you know any other band if they've never toured outside of north america would go maybe it's us but then when we do we don't get that so it's it's um yeah it's it's just it's uh, it's, I, I just really, I really wish more people would listen to music differently. No, I, I agree, and and the industry doesn't even know to, how to handle it. I mean, the the recent Grammys, the Metallica performance was a a disaster. The fact that Megadeth walked out to to Master of Puppets, <laughs> you know that that kind of stuff. I mean, it's I almost think that the Grammys should just drop the rock and metal categories because they have no idea how to handle it. I agree. I agree. Uh, And I I really don't think uh, metal bands or heavy music bands or anything should give these award ceremonies any mind. Uh, (laughs) No, it's a joke. Disrespect. We in Canada have a – well, Canada just just copies whatever America does. So if the Grammys have a heavy music category, well, it'll just be a year or two before – yep, the Junos have one too. And it's great that uh, a lot of heavy music gets a little bit of a spotlight there. But, I mean, it's only now, this year, finally, is Devin Townsend nominated for a Juno, which to me – Man, that should have happened years ago. I, I don't even want. I, it just gets me so mad. <laughs> no, I hear you. And that, that, yeah, your recent podcast talking about the state of rock in general. I completely agree. Um, going back to Volbeat really quick, because Black Rose was definitely one of my favorite songs of last year. And um, just you know, I'm not sure if this is a Spotify in America, but it says 11 million streams. It's the top five of Volbeat songs 
total. Um, I don't know if you can see oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I lo- didn't know that. Yeah, top like when you pull up Spotify, it's in the top five of all the Volbeat songs. So. Oh, man. So maybe the next time we, we go on tour with Volbeat, they won't boo us. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, especially if you get on stage with them. I mean, that's the thing. And by the way, just on the side thing, what was it like to record the first understandable vocal on the Volbeat album? Oh, um, well, I mean... I, first of all, I mean Michael's Michael's great. He's, He's phenomenal. Uh, that again, this comes from a place of we're massive Volbeat fans too. Right, right. I mean, I I I think Michael is uh, one of the man. There's there's so many shady characters in music, and Michael is a man of his word. Like he's just has my complete respect. Um, and for him to ask me to sing on a Volbeat track was a a huge honor i was like blown away by that um and i basically said like i'll sing it until you're happy yeah he gave me the song we didn't write it together he gave me the song completed with his vocals as guides he told me where to sing he told me um pretty much how to sing it too uh because i i i followed his guide and then we sent it over and you know because we're doing this on two separate continents, sure, it, it's it's hard, you know, if you're not in the same room together. So he he gave me some suggestions, and then I we went back into the studio, and I redid, I recut the vocals. I'm totally cool with that. Like when I'm in the studio laying vocals down, and it's for your album, I'm gonna do them till you're happy with them. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I did it. So I, you know, there's no ego there for me. Uh, I'll just do it till he's happy. Uh, I'm glad it worked out for the for for them, and I'm glad he liked what I did. You know, that's all. Once I got the okay email from him, going, "This sounds great. Uh, my job's done. I was happy as hell." So uh, that's all that matters to me. Whether it's top five on Spotify, even though that's great, um, isn't doesn't mean as much as Michael going, "That sounds amazing." So that's it. You know. Of course, but definitely exposure. And the great thing about that song, too, is the fact that it's equally, uh, to my ears, a, a Danko and a Volbeat song. It's just a perfect blend where sometimes with guest vocals, you're just kind of on there, but it just kind of seems as a, a flavor. Right. So. right. It was just it just sounds like someone was brought in so they can plaster their name on the album cover. Right, exactly. But uh, I actually genuinely loved the song when I heard it. I It only took like a couple of listens, and I'm like, wow, I... I can knock this fucking song out of the park, man. I'm really, <laughs> I was really excited to sing it. So that that was great. And then when I finally heard the whole album, when it was all done, I really enjoyed it. You know, I can't put it in my top ten because I have a, I have a quiet rule of not putting albums that I'm on on my top ten. So it, it was automatically ruled out of my top ten. But I do enjoy listening to it from beginning to end. I think it's a pretty solid Volbeat album. Yeah, and also you're you're um, guesting a couple years ago on, on Marty Friedman's solo, the I Can't Relax, another good one. Yeah, of, uh, the Inferno. I was actually on three tracks on that album. I sang another uh, Lycanthrope, Lycanthrope with um, Alexi Leho mm-hmm. 
from Children of Bodom on that on that album. And then there's another song that I sang that was uh, part of the deluxe edition of that album. And talking about side projects too, and I know we're running out of time, but you want to talk about yeah. Iron, Iron Magazine real quick? Uh, Iron Magazine is a, a side project. I've never been in one before. It's uh, with JC and I from our band. We teamed up with uh, UC Letasalo and Tommy Lepinen from the Finnish avant rock psych band circle to form iron magazine and it's just it came about from a few years back maybe four years back coming on five years i was in helsinki doing press and i started to ask people about circle i'm like well i I know about circle like but who's behind this like what is this like who are these guys and so they hipped me to uc i got a contact and it took about a year for us to start emailing back and forth to each other and then i really we both realized that we have the same taste in music we like the same kinds of music um and we get along really well he's a really cool guy really nice guy and he had these songs kicking around from another project of his called actor with uh, chris black from noctimistium and uh he was in high spirits and Dawnbringer. so chris didn't sing on those tracks so he said could you sing on these and i said yeah so I sent it to him, you know, one at a time over a period of maybe about a month um, when I'd figure out vocals. And then I tracked them for real. And there you go. It's a four song EP. I think we're going to start working on a full length album soon. It's been a, it's been received really well. So I'm happy about Iron Magazine, too. It's just weird because it comes out a couple of weeks after our actual album. So prom- promoing Iron Magazine with with. Uh, wildcat is is a first for me i've never had to do that and then volbeat just released black rose as the third single so <laughs> it's three three songs or albums or projects at the same time and i've never done i've never been in a situation like that so it's quite interesting um yeah but then it's funny because yesterday on instagram some dude left a message <laughs> on our instagram and he's from barry which is like an hour and a half away from where I live, basically saying, "You're all washed up. <laughs> why don't you go? Why don't you go work at Tim Hortons, which is like you know the no, Dunkin' donut, donut. donut. Yeah, 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 yeah." And I, I, we couldn't help but laugh so loud at that because it's like my my biggest problem right now is like which like having to promo these three things at the same time. It's great, and it's of course it comes from the home front. Right. I mean, of course, right. Well, listen, I mean, you know, what's infectious about uh, uh, Danko Jones, the band and the man in general, is just they're such a fan of rock from your podcast, from your your writing on various publications. And it's just a great, a great thing to see um, from a band out there in general. So really appreciate you coming on the show today and spending your time. I know you got another one coming up in a few seconds here. So anything you want to mention before before we wrap up? Uh, no. I'm really bad at plugging my own shit. Wildcat on March 3rd, European tour. And we hope that the state of rock is uh, does improve because America needs Danko. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Danko. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye. You look so good when you get out of bed. 
interview i'd like to play a song out but before we do that uh we, we promised everybody to share the blooper that uh that, <laughs> that uh you <laughs> you teased uh why don't you explain why this is such a blooper for you well <laughs> it's one of those things where at like any situation like you meet somebody for the first time or whatever and you say something that just like goes like that, it's just a face palming moment. It's even better <laughs> though that like you and I talked about it, and it, it's it's you know it's kind of one of our things though. We kind of lead with kind of a little bit of a humor and see where it goes. Right, and, and, and just so you know too, I mean, uh, Danko is doing a ton of these interviews, and I completely mm-hmm. set set him up with describing. Hey, by the way, you're talking to United States podcast. Uh, we are we are a lighthearted, you know, couple of jackasses. Pod- Couple, couple of jackasses. The, the name Cobras and Fire is kind of like Savage Animal or Steel Panther or Ridiculous. <laughs> and, I, and I said, like, anything we say is out of, like, a, you know, a place of respect, love, all that stuff like that. We're mm-hmm. just having fun, all that stuff. So that was the, that was the precursor. And then, <laughs> and then I, well, we'll go into a second. But but basically what I said was a, a very Kiss-related reference where it, it's, it's – um, Something I thought he would pick up immediately. Pretty and hardcore, I though. Do you, do you want to explain it? Well, it's just basically it's a question. We were talking about a press release, and it's something that that Gene and Paul have said every new album release because that's what this well, is for. Let's at least say a lot of album releases. Fine, every album release, and it turns <laughs> out though that the reason it fell so flat is because he's done all these interviews mm-hmm. lately. And oh, you hear been, it too. Like when he starts, he totally misses even you explaining it, um, because he's just so like beat down on this this stuff. Right, but because remember when we did the whole like we we're it reading. It turns from out press- you actually picked out a weak point and something that he's already dealt with for a while. Right, so it went completely sideways. But the main thing I'm, I'm getting to is is that we thought we thought the fact that he wrote us. Remember we said like declarations on press releases. Oh, I remember you yeah. said that, yeah. Well, yeah, because it sounds like it's so over the top and everything. And, and they're amazing press releases. Well, we've listened to his podcast. It's the way he talks, man. Right. It's all that stuff. So we look at that. What well, turns out that somebody on his label has been basically writing complete inaccuracies about about things. And it's come up on probably countless interviews. It's like, I've had enough of this. I did not say this is basically his response. So enough about this. You want to just get into it? Yeah, let's play that. And then we're going to close out with the song that I like to call something that you're not going to know until you hear it, Luz. Great. So uh, until next time, remember, Rock's not dead. It's hiding and very awkward at the beginning of an interview. (laughs) Good job. Your latest press release says your new album is a perfect blend of Destroyer and Creatures of the Night. You want to elaborate on that? I didn't write that, so there's nothing to elaborate. <laughs> um, that's someone else's words. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I had a list from every press release from Kiss for, uh, for the last 30 years for their album release. I, I apologize. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, whenever we put out a record, we get someone to write the bio. And uh, obviously, we have to okay the bio but i mean i i I don't know what to comment about i didn't like i didn't write that those weren't my 
words. So, I mean, I love Creatures of the Night. I'm not a big Destroyer fan, so... <laughs> I'm, I'll take that out. It was just supposed to be a yeah. riff on your Kiss, oh, your kiss stuff. That's all. Oh, that's fine. I mean, if you want to talk about Kiss, we can. But um, when doing these interviews for this, for this press run, uh, a, a few people, you know, they go to the bio, which is a natural thing to do. And I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of... Um, inconsistencies that we kind of overlooked or didn't catch when we okayed the bio. Okay. Um, like I think my, it, it said there, my first record I bought was kiss destroyer. It was alive. Um, all right. You all know, right. little things like that. And I'm just kind of like, I, I, I need to say that now. Cause I'm, I kind of kicking myself for not like looking over the bio a little harder than I, than we both did. Me and JC realized that, Okay, all right. Let me just start yeah. that over just to make it smooth for you. I apologize. Okay, sure. Just, sure. just playing around a little bit. But okay. okay. All right. Are you ready for a revolution? Time to raise the stakes. Everybody wants it so easy. Too many people want their one hour break. There's a fucked up shakedown. It happens every night. Get a backstage pass I pledge Allegiance To the rock and roll proletariat Get up And get even Show those motherfuckers that you mean it One in a million A million strong Do what it takes Take what you own Come. This is it. Are you ready? 
leading change, building a team, or implementing new procedures, Gonzaga University's online Master's in Organizational Leadership gives you the tools for success. With concentrations in change, global, and servant leadership, you'll get the most relevant training and education to help you tackle any challenge. Visit gonzaga.edu leader and find out how Gonzaga's organizational leadership degree can affect positive change in your life and career. That's gonzaga.edu leader. The Premier League soccer season is heating up. Turn to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network for the best bets and analysis for this week's features. Subscribe to Betting Weekly Premier League today wherever you get your podcast. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.